Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks. From KQED. Hello, hello. You're tuned in to Bay Curious Prop Fest, a 12-part series that explores the 12 propositions on the California ballot. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Today, we're on to Proposition 23, which would establish a new requirement for dialysis clinics. On your ballot, it will read in part like this. Prop 23 requires at least one licensed physician on site during treatment at outpatient kidney dialysis clinics. This one sounds simple on the surface, but has a lot going on when you take a closer look. We'll go through the ins and outs today on Proposition 23, the dialysis prop. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. KQED health correspondent April Domboski has been following Prop 23. Hey, April. Hey, Olivia. Let's start off with just the top line here. What are we voting on in Prop 23? Proposition 23 is aimed at improving care at dialysis clinics in California. There are a few different parts to it, but the main thing is that it would require clinics to have a physician on site during all hours patients are receiving treatment. One of my first thoughts when I saw this on the ballot was, didn't we already vote on this? Like, I remember a ballot initiative from just a couple years ago about dialysis. Yeah, a lot of people are having deja vu on this one. Two years ago, there was another dialysis measure on the ballot, and the same groups that were for and against it last time are the same groups duking it out this time. So at the core of both ballot measures is a labor dispute. On the yes side is SEIU, a union that represents healthcare workers at various hospitals like nurses and maintenance staff, and they've been trying to organize workers at dialysis clinics for about four or five years now. But the companies put up a fierce resistance to those efforts. That's DeVita and Fresenius, the two big dialysis companies in California. They are not interested in seeing their workforce unionized. So in 2018, SEIU put a measure on the ballot to try to get leverage with the dialysis companies. And this is actually a typical MO of the union. In the past, they've put measures on the ballot that sound appealing to voters, but that they know will irk the hospital they're fighting with. Then if they get what they want from the hospital, they withdraw the measure. Now with Prop 23, the companies say that the union is at it again. And the union says 
They've given up trying to unionize dialysis workers, but they learned a lot about clinics along the way and the way that patients are cared for, and they say they're doing this for the patients. This is Steve Trossman, a spokesman for the union. This initiative is about improving conditions for patients, improving safety for patients, and uh, making the dialysis clinics spend some of the billions of dollars they make every year to improve their clinics. So is Prop 23 the exact same measure that we voted on in 2018? No, it's different. Two years ago, the measure was about trying to limit the revenues that dialysis companies could take in to try to direct more money to workers and patient care. And the union was trying to hit them in the wallet, but it was a really confusing measure and voters voted it down. So the union went back to the drawing board pretty much right away to come up with a new measure, one that they hoped would be easier for voters to understand and perhaps more appealing. And they decided on this. Let's require dialysis companies to have doctors on site full time for as long as patients are receiving treatment. Now, a lot of dialysis centers are open from 5 in the morning to 8 p.m. at night, so most are going to need two or three doctors to keep them fully staffed. And the state legislative analyst office says that's several hundred thousand dollars a year for each clinic. So it's still a way for the union to hit the clinics in the wallet, but this time maybe a bit more appealing to voters. Now, before we get into the details of the measure, can you explain a bit about what dialysis is first and, and who gets it? Dialysis is for people with kidney failure. It's a procedure that cleans toxins from the blood. Most patients go three times a week for three to four hours each time, and you're exhausted afterwards. So it's a big disruption to life. A lot of people have to quit their jobs. Kidney failure can result from a variety of health conditions, but most often it's caused by diabetes or high blood pressure. And because people of color are more likely to experience these health conditions, they are more likely to be on dialysis. 57% of dialysis patients in California are either African-American or Latino. Now, when I first read this measure, I thought, yeah, having doctors around to help with patients sounds like a great idea. I guess, is this a good idea? So healthcare is complicated, and it's hard to know if this would really help patients or if it might have unintended consequences. So patients already have their own doctors. They come see them in the clinics once a month or once a week to check on their dialysis prescription and medications to monitor their labs. And researchers have studied whether the frequency of doctor's visits makes a difference in patients' health. Back in 2004, Medicare, the government health program that pays for most dialysis treatment, created a new incentive to encourage doctors to visit their dialysis patients more often. So instead of one or two times a month, it pushed them to visit four or more times per month. Well, after more than 10 years of doing this, it turns out seeing your doctor more often has no impact on health outcomes. In fact, patients who were seen less often by their doctor actually had better survival rates. So the government was paying doctors more money for more services with no conclusive benefits to show for it. Then there's a question of emergencies. Emergencies do come up. Patients and employees have told me that they've seen patients faint during treatment or code, which means their heart stops. If someone's heart stops while they're in the clinic, nurses or technicians will do CPR. 
maybe use a defibrillator, and they will call 911 to have paramedics take them to the hospital. I spoke with Magellan Hanford. He's been a dialysis nurse for almost 20 years, and he's in favor of Prop 23. He says having a doctor on site would help with these kinds of emergencies. Before, we used to have in our crash carts, we used to have medications like epinephrine and bicarb and, and different things to assist in a code. And we don't have those anymore. They took all of those off our crash carts because there's no doctor there to give instruction. But the people on the no side say that having a doctor there won't change any of the protocols and won't make any difference whether the patient survives or not. They would do the same CPR the nurses do and they would still call an ambulance to take them to the ER. And there are some studies out there looking at ways to prevent this sudden cardiac death from happening, but they focus on medications patients take regularly or having patients use a wearable defibrillator to monitor their heart activity. But I haven't found any studies that suggest having a doctor at a clinic full-time will impact sudden cardiac death among dialysis patients. Could having doctors around help with other aspects of dialysis patient health? The other big concern at dialysis clinics is infections. You're using catheters and needles to access the bloodstream, and dialysis patients have weakened immune systems that make it harder to fight infection. But all the best practices around how to prevent infections have to do with sanitation, cleaning the dialysis station, wearing gloves, washing your hands, and other antiseptic protocols. And doctor time doesn't really seem to affect this. Giving nurses more time to do these things could improve outcomes, but this measure doesn't mention anything like this. It would require clinics to report infection data to the state, but they already report the same data to the federal government. Is there possibly a downside to having doctors on site full-time? So just to be clear, clinics do have doctors affiliated with them. They're just not full-time. Federal regulations require them to have medical directors, and they're required to be kidney specialists. Prop 23 doesn't specify that the doctor on site has to be a kidney specialist. And there's a question about whether there's even enough kidney specialists in the state to go around. Dialysis patients will tell you that they've had encounters with other doctors at the hospital who are not specialists, who don't really know how to treat them, or they make mistakes. And so this actually kind of scares them a bit that this could be harmful. Yeah, some of the ads that I've seen are really scary and, and paint this as an issue of life or death. Let's listen to one from the No on Prop 23 campaign. One special interest group again is putting my life at risk, and Prop 23 could shut down my clinic. I'm not going to die from dialysis. I'm going to die without it. Prop 23 is dangerous. Please vote no. So, April, let's talk about this. Is it true that clinics will close if this passes because they just become too expensive to operate? So this is the same MO the dialysis companies used last time, threatening to shut down clinics. Two years ago, they spent $111 million on ads like this one to defeat the previous measure, and they're approaching similar spending on this one. And while it's possible that some clinics could close, it would likely not be an extraordinary number. And here's why. Three-quarters of dialysis clinics in California are owned by two companies, DeVita and Fresenius. They're both for-profit companies, and last year they both did very well. Both made more than a billion in profits, and DeVita had a 16% operating margin last year, and for Fresenius it was 13%, and for healthcare that is very good. 
But even beyond the question of whether these companies could even absorb these costs, there are ways that they could pass them on. So they could go to insurance companies and say, hey, California passed this law. It's now going to cost us X percent more to deliver dialysis treatment. And because we control most of the market, we're going to need you to shoulder some of that cost. Otherwise, we're not going to deliver the care. Okay, so maybe this won't bankrupt the dialysis clinics, but it's not really clear how much having doctors around will really help the situation either. So I guess, is this worth the money? So there's a big picture consideration here. You know, more is not always better in healthcare. The U.S. spends almost 18% of GDP on healthcare, and that's more than any other developed country, but our outcomes are worse. And so, you know, spending more money on healthcare does not always result in patients doing better. And healthcare policy in general is trying to take this into account. California and the country have actually been moving in the opposite direction of having doctors do everything. Doctors' time is really expensive, and there's a recognition that there are a lot of healthcare duties that just don't require the expertise of a doctor. So, in fact, the governor, uh, California governor, just signed a couple new laws that give nurse practitioners and nurse midwives more autonomy to practice without a doctor's supervision. Uh, health advocates believe that these kinds of measures will actually make healthcare more affordable and more widely available, like in rural areas where it's hard to attract enough doctors. So putting this measure on the ballot, voters are being given a big responsibility here. They're being asked to make health policy. We have to decide how much better things might be having doctors on site and if it's worth the cost. And a lot of patients out there are really uncomfortable with voters being the one doing this balancing act. They think lawmakers should be the one to weigh all these factors and make decisions about how clinics should be regulated. I talked to one patient, Dwayne Cox, and he does not like Prop 23 at all because of this. When I see these propositions that are put before the voters who have no idea what we go through, and what's necessary to, to keep us alive, it makes me angry because they're, they're playing politics for whatever their reasons are, but they're putting patients like me in the middle of it. April, what's the spending been on this ballot measure so far? It's been pretty lopsided. The dialysis companies have been putting in about $93 million so far to try to defeat the measure. And the unions have uh, put in just a little bit over $6 million to try to get voters to pass it. All right. KQD health correspondent April Demboski. Thanks. You're welcome. In a nutshell, a vote yes on Prop 23 says you want dialysis clinics to follow these new requirements. A no vote says you want to keep things the way they are now. Join us tomorrow for our episode on Prop 24 about consumer privacy. It's one of the more complicated measures on the ballot this year. Bay Curious Prop Fest is made by Katrina Schwartz, Rob Spate, Katie McMurrin, and me, Olivia Allen Price. Our show is produced in San Francisco at member-supported KQED. Thanks for listening. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. 
Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest, and I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just... What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.